Hi and welcome to the St Saviour's Finsbury Park podcast. Our vision is to be a church alive in God's love to serve the city. And we hope this teaching helps you to know God and serve him more wherever you've been uniquely placed. Let's jump in. Well, I wonder if you've ever had that experience of moving house or um, moving school or starting in a new workplace. And as you walk down the street or down the corridor or into the work kitchen or wherever it is, you think that you recognize someone that you know only to realize that you can't, you don't. You aren't where you thought you were. The whole world has kind of changed around you. And I've done this lots of times over the course of my life. Um, but when I came to London to be Bishop of Stepney three years ago, that was probably the hardest time of all because um, it wasn't long afterwards that we all went into lockdown. And then I only got to know people like this. I don't know if any of you have got feet. I've met several of you on screen before, but hey, you've got feet, and that's amazing. Um, and it's quite hard to get to know people in those settings. Um, but also, when I was walking down the street, it was really, really unlikely that I would know anybody because we'd all only be meeting each other on, on the screen. And nobody was going to call out my name and say, hey, Joanne, and me respond with joy. You might be familiar with that experience too if you've ever grieved somebody who you were really close to. We know it can't happen, but we long for the person we see on the street um, as we come around the corner to be the one that we've lost. We long to hear our name called out from across the street and feel that pleasure that comes from knowing that we are wanted and loved by someone who we also treasure. Well, in the Bible story that we just heard read in John's Gospel, we hear of one of Jesus' beloved friends, Mary, Mary Magdalene, being recognised and knowing that she is loved by Jesus. And around that story, we learn something about the kind of community that comes to birth and that thrives around the memory of Jesus. Maybe we also learn something about us, about the kind of community we might be in hub groups, in prayer, in worship, in service, and all the hope that we um, bear together as a church. I guess that there are some things in there to help us learn about our own journey of faith and also to support Ed as he makes this really big commitment today in a kind of new way beyond even what he's done before to follow Jesus with his whole life. You remember in the story, Mary really struggles to recognise Jesus. I mean, he's meant to be dead, right? Of course, she doesn't expect him to be standing in the garden right in front of her, talking to her. And so it takes ages for her to catch on to who he actually is. And it's only when he calls her by name, Mary, that she recognises him. And then she says, Rabunai, which means her teacher. You might also remember the story of the Good Shepherd. Dennis and I were talking about this at the beginning as we prayed before the service. Um, the, the sheep hear the Good Shepherd's voice and the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That's in John's Gospel, chapter 10. And then the Good Shepherd says, I know my own and my own know me. They don't recognise just anybody's voice. The sheep don't call, they don't go if anybody calls them. They recognise their shepherd's voice. So I guess it's not surprising that Mary recognises the risen Jesus Christ when this good shepherd's voice is heard calling her name. 
I wonder how you got your name. Um, has your name emerged with your own identity? Have you got a nickname that's sort of who you really are? Did you take on a new name when you were baptised as an adult? Do you have a name that runs in the family? Do you have a name that's really strong in the culture that you've come from? Was there a film star or a pop idol that your mum or dad really rather liked? Um, did your parents spend too much time watching Neighbours in the 1980s and are you therefore called Jason or Kylie? There are so many possibilities. Um, will you take a moment and chat to the person, probably not the person sitting next to you, because you might know this about them already, but maybe someone sitting behind you or someone you don't know, and ask them, how did they get their name? Have a couple of minutes, and I'm going I'm to ask you to tell me what's most interesting that you've discovered. How did you get your name? <laughs> Make sure you've both had the chance to talk and then give me a wave when you're done and ready to come back. And if you're on Zoom, you're going to have to pop it in the chat. If you're online, find a way to tell somebody or write yourself a note about how you got your name. Shall we come back to the whole group? I'd love to hear how some of you got your names. Any volunteers? Um, anyone who learned something really interesting about someone they didn't really know before? Give me a wave if you want to tell us how you got your name or how your person sitting behind you got their name. Any volunteers? Come on, don't be shy. How did the young man on the sofa get his name? Am I allowed to ask? So the only name that you, and that you could agree on? That's quite a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. We had two lists and we kept going till we matched. It took a long time in ours. And I've got three children. Anyone else? Kathy. Oh, wow. Like a message, like a herald? That's fabulous. I like that. Anyone else? That's a great story. That's fabulous. Thank you, Kathy. That's great. Um, uh, Philippa, how did Ed get his name? <laughs> we, we, spent, we spent ages um, over Edward's name, and it actually means prosperous guardian. It means prosperous guardian, Edward. That's cool. And, um, and <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All things are possible in God, Ed. <laughs> Guardian, we'll see what we can do today. That's fabulous. Thank you, everyone. Um, I've got one of the most popular names from the year that I was born. <laughs> there were loads of Joannes in 1972. Um, and you know what? There were loads of Davids in 1976. 
that's the year my brother was born. <laughs> so my parents weren't very original when it came to naming. Um, I'm also quite glad that they weren't really into pop music either. Otherwise, um, David and I might have been Scylla and Ringo, or possibly Sonny and Cher, which I, I, I don't know if they suit me, but I guess you, um, you, you grow into your name as well, so you come to suit it, even if you didn't start with. So maybe I could have been a Scylla after all. Names are part of who we are. Um, they're part of the family and the world that we're born into. And you know what? When nobody knows or calls out your name, it feels like you stand outside of the embrace of family or community. But when your name is known and when it's called, then you are enfolded in community. And when Mary's name was called by the risen Jesus, she called out in response. It was like a kind of praise, a kind of worship that she called out in response. She recognized him as the one who lives within and from the life of God. And she was enfolded at that moment in the whole company of heaven. It's quite a moment in the Gospels. And you know, Christians, we're all people who've heard God calling our names and who've responded, yes. Today, Ed is saying yes to Jesus for himself. I know it's not the first time you've said yes, but it takes on in a, in a serious and committed way the promises that were made for you at your baptism. And so as part of the service today, I'm going to call him by his name. Um, I'm going to anoint him with oil. And we're all going to see him making promises and stepping fully into being a person who will tell the world that he belongs to Jesus. He knows that God is calling him, and he knows that God is calling him to worship God exactly as he is, as God's child, as, as the wonderful, glorious person God has made him to be. There can be lots of pressures in life that pull us in different directions, that make us sometimes feel like we might need to pretend that we're something that we're not. We can feel a bit pulled along by the crowd at work, um, in social settings, among friendship groups. We can sometimes not be entirely true to who we are and who we know God is. We might feel that we've got to look like others or be like others, behave in a certain kind of way. There might be really big pressures around like stereotypes of, of who we've got to look like. They could do, be to do with gender or sexuality or neurotypicality or physical ability in order to be like other people and be acceptable. But it's not like that with God. On social media, we can find ourselves being a bit cooler, a bit more confident than we really are, even though underneath we might be feeling quite shy and awkward and things might be, you know, we might be having a really difficult day and how many of those get put on social media? But in Christ, it doesn't need to be like this. We've been called by name and God knows our true selves. And so for each of us, following the path of faith, following Jesus, doesn't mean suppressing who we really are, but it means each day becoming a little bit more of the person who God has made us to be. We're made in God's image. You, me, every one of us, we're made in God's image. And God knows our every part. And when we know this, then everything else falls into place. And there's no need to be afraid. Think of those words from the first letter of John. There is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. And 
as members of a community of hope who all know that God has called our names, it's our job to notice the people whose identity might really easily get lost or trodden on, and the people who just can't so easily speak up for themselves. And I know that's been part of your mission as a church for lots of years, to be a centre of hospitality and community and compassion. Because you've immersed yourselves in the story of God's love, you want to share that with others. You want to make sure that everyone knows that they have a place at that table. I guess we can all think of people who are in particular danger of losing their names or their identity in society. I'm thinking maybe about refugees or asylum seekers who might not have the right papers and so be invisible when it comes to benefits or healthcare or indeed human rights. I'm also thinking of prisoners down the road at Pentonville who lose so much of themselves and who could so easily feel that they'd just become a conviction or a sentence or a cell number. We all count to God. And as members of God's community who know that we count to God, we're going to want to seek the welfare of every person who God has made. When we know resurrection ourselves, when we've experienced Jesus bursting from the tomb, connecting earth and heaven in glorious praise, then we will know that we've got a duty to look out for those who might otherwise be overlooked or deliberately not counted so that they too know the joy of hearing their names called out. So Ed, on this special day, you count and it's your job with all the people of St Saviour's to seek out all of God's people who are lost, overlooked, anonymous, Maybe you just don't feel confident that they could possibly be loved by God. It's your job, it's our job to assure them that we, with God, will count them and we will know them by name. So our names have all been called out by the risen Jesus. They've been called out from well before the day of our baptism and they'll be called out again on the day of our death. So whatever your own life story, wherever you are on your journey of faith, God reaches out to meet you. If, if our worship this morning is stirring something up in you, that means that you feel that you need to talk to somebody about setting the past behind you and making your own commitment in your heart to Jesus, then speak to one of us, speak to me, speak to Matt, speak to Ed, or speak to one of the team. You are known by name to God and you belong in this community. You're called to worship God here and then to stream out into the streets of this amazing neighbourhood and find those who are lost, um, forgotten, unloved, ashamed. You're called to bring them home. In a minute, Ed's going to tell us a little bit about how he's been on this journey and what's brought him to this particular point of commitment today. Um, but just before he does that... Together with Ed, let's promise today, let's make that commitment to say yes to God. And then, and fed by Jesus in the communion that we're going to share later on, let's go out and tell the world that we have seen the risen Lord, that we are Christ's people, and that he's called each of us by name. Amen. Amen. Ed, come on up. Thank you, Bishop Joanne. Um, that, that was beautiful. And I think 
some of the things that I'm going to say are going to really touch on things you raised as well. There's going to be lots of talk of being called by name. So. And I wanted to start, actually, by just saying thank you to everyone who's here. There are lots of old friends, uh, which, and you're not normally at St. Saviour's, so I just wanted to say a massive thank you for coming here this morning. And thank you also for walking this last period with me as well, wherever you kind of entered in on the journey. I'm here today because of the care and the love and the kindness and the guidance that you've shown me. So thank you. And thank you to new friends as well. Particularly thank you to those of you at St. Saviour's for the love, the kindness, the generosity that you've shown both me and my wife, Gabby, who so beautifully read earlier as we've we've entered into this community. Thank you for the encouragement that you've just endlessly given us. Thank you for welcoming us into your homes. Uh, thank you for giving us space just for us to be us as you've got to know us. And a particular thank you to my family as well, um, who were there from day one on the journey here. <laughs> Um, you have loved me through the good and the bad, and you've loved me even when it's not been easy to love me. So a big thank you to that. As over the last couple of weeks, and especially over the last seven days, a number of people have asked me why I'm being confirmed, which I think is a fair question for people to be asking. And that's what I wanted to use this period to, to talk about, just to set out a little bit of the reasons of what confirmation and what today means for me. And to do that, I want to turn to some song lyrics, which nicely, uh, they both made me cry. Uh, Don is appreciating this, I can tell. Uh, which, these song lyrics made me cry, and they also sum up part of what confirmation means for me. Tom Walker writes this. If you look into the distance, there's a house upon a hill, guiding like a lighthouse. It's a place where you'll feel safe to feel our grace, and if you've lost your way, I will leave a light on. And Tom Walker, to my knowledge, isn't, he doesn't participate in any church community. He's not writing about the church, but these words could be written about the church. In the Bible, one of the images used to describe the home of God is as a house upon a hill. And I feel like the church is most the church when it's a group of people who come together and all we do is offer up the light that God gives us. And we offer up the light to act as a beacon, to create a community in which those who need to, for those who have lost their way, so we can create a space where people can feel safe to feel God's grace. And more than this, more than a, just as an image of the church, these words resonate with me because I've experienced something of feeling like I've lost my way. I know what it is to experience a night which is so dark that you forget that there's a light to come at the end of it. And as I look back at, over these periods of my life, there's a prayer which I learned around that time which keeps on coming to mind. Um, there's a community in the south of France called Teze, and they chant a prayer which is, in the darkest night, you light the flame which never goes out. And that feels actually like what the passage that we were listening to earlier, which Gabby read, is talking about. The passage happens on a Sunday when Jesus gloriously and miraculously rises from the dead. But the day before, Jesus lies in a tomb, dead. It's a moment of personal darkness for the disciples as the, the person, fully God, fully human, who they had their hopes in to, to bring change, to bring light into darkness, lay dead. And it's a moment of cosmic darkness as Jesus lies in the tomb as well. 
And in that darkness, Jesus lights a flame which never goes out. And that's what happens when Jesus calls Mary's name. Jesus speaks light into darkness. And I wanted to, to, to put words into what that experience is like, to what it is to experience God calling your name. I turn to another set of song lyrics. And like the dawn, you broke the dark and my whole earth shook. I was sleeping in the garden when I saw you. At last, at last, bones of my bone and flesh of my flesh at last. You were the brightest shade of sun I had ever seen. Your skin was gilded with the gold of the richest kings. And like the dawn, you woke the world inside of me. You were the brightest shade of sun when I saw you. So Jesus calls my name, and as Bishop Joanne says, Jesus calls all of our names as well. And when we hear Jesus call our names, the world wakes inside of us. Just to say, I'm here this morning because I've heard Jesus call my name, and I want to call Jesus' name back. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. That was amazing. I love the bit about that sense of the world waking up inside of you when you hear that. I, I will take that with me and wear it in my heart as well. Thank you. I said there were words. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so part of the thing about confirmation is that Ed gets to make this commitment for himself. And I need to go through some things with him. I need to ask him if he's been baptised and if he wants to make this commitment. I also need to ask you whether you'll support him. So the third question in is for you to ask you to support him in this next step. Um, And then there are questions where it's called the decision. Um, Sounds like a kind of blockbuster movie, but it's a real moment of working out where you stand in relation to good and evil and, and God and, and the light. And so I'm going to ask you, Ed, if you want to kind of leave all that, is, is, all that takes us away from God behind you and step into the light that helps us to see Jesus. So that's what the questions are for, just so you know. And I think they're going to come up on the screen so you can see what we're doing. Um, and then there's going to be like a statement of faith that we can all join in with. And then we're going to get to the confirmation as well. Is that okay? Great. Great.